What's up, guys? My name is Luis. And my name is Luis. Host of the Content is Profit podcast. And if you want to learn to define your best life and have the courage to live it, you should be listening to the More Than Corporate podcast with my good friend, Amber Furman. Welcome to the More Than Corporate podcast. I'm Amber Furman, recovering perfectionist and serial accomplisher. If you're anything like I used to be, You've been living your life thinking that if you accomplish enough stuff, you'll finally find the success you've always wanted. But what if it's not about accomplishing more stuff? What if it's about accomplishing the right stuff? I believe you don't find success. You create it by intentionally designing the life you want and having the courage to get out of your comfort zone to live your design. I went from doing what I was supposed to do to doing what I love to do, and now I get to help others do the same. Keep listening as I chat with inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day and learn how you too can live the life you've always wanted. Welcome back to another episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. I am super excited for today's interview. So you guys know I'm at the PodMax event and you know how much I love this event. I talk about it all the time. So I just got told that I get the amazing pleasure of interviewing Luis and Fonzie or Luis and Luis or however, biz bros or content is profit or however you want to refer to them. And they are amazing guys that run the content is profit Profit Mastermind and Biz Bros. I am super excited to have them on today and cannot wait to hear their amazing story and all the value they can bring to you. Before we dig into our interview, if you or someone you know has ever said the words, I'll be happy when, if you just need to keep whatever goes here, losing weight, working hard, building your career, and then you'll be happy. If you've ever felt like you've done everything you're supposed to do and life isn't turning out the way that you expected, then the Define Your Life Mastermind is for you. The most powerful question anybody ever asked me is what does success mean to you? As I've explored this topic on my podcast and with my coaching clients, it's become clear that most people don't ask and answer this question enough. The Define Your Life Mastermind is designed to help you get clear on what success means, what a well-rounded life looks like, and what your best life feels like. Once you know that, you can build a business that fits into your life and surround yourself with people who give you the courage to step out of your comfort zone and live your vision. If this sounds like something that you or someone you know needs in their life, head over to defineyourlife.morethancorporate.com and schedule a call to see if we are a good fit to work together. Without further ado, Lewis, Lewis, how are you doing? What's up? <laughs> I am so excited to have you here. So for those of you who have not yet caught it, um, I was just recently on your podcast, Content is Profit, yeah. and it was so much fun. Oh, thank you. It, yeah, thank you so much. It was great having you in, in the podcast. It yes, was truly an honor. Mind-opening, the yeah. conversation. <laughs> I had so much fun. So if you guys haven't listened to that, go check it out. You guys are available on all podcasting platforms, yes? Yep. Yes. Uh, yeah, under your bed, too. <laughs> I, that's not creepy at all, but yeah, not creepy. <laughs> so I, I apologize in advance. My brother randomly throws out those creepy comments all the time. So. No creepy, they're funny. I'm trying, they are I'm, funny. I'm, I'm just funny? trying to Thank you. Thank you. I'm trying to convince my wife that I'm actually funny. And uh, every guest has like, tell me a version of it. Right. And uh, she doesn't believe me still. So, you know, you can go to her profile and just tell her, Luisa, that is funny. That's yeah, all. it's funny till it's real. 
So <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it. So what is Biz Bros? How did this happen? How, how did this become a thing? Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a great question. <laughs> it, it is a great question. So yeah, uh, obviously, Luis and Luis, uh, the sexy voice over here, we call him Fonzie. And, uh, How you doing? That, that voice. <laughs> and uh, we're originally from Venezuela. So, you know, we, we were born there. We grew up there. Uh, and we came to the States in 2010. But, uh, you know, at the very beginning, we were, the dream was to play soccer, professional soccer. And uh, we had the wonderful opportunities, wonderful parents that they allowed us to really, you know, go do whatever we wanted to do, which, you know, we now understand that's not the case for many people. Uh, but we, we got those opportunities, right? Uh, long story short, the dream was not achieved. We were very, very close. You know, I played in Europe for a couple of years. Fonzie played professionally here. And then identity crisis, push, when, uh, when the dream doesn't come true. Um, so when that happens, um, we try to figure out, like, what's next, right? Like, I never wanted a corporate life. Fonzie never wanted a corporate life. Uh, he can tell you the mango story in just a second. But uh, we decided to, to join forces because we were living together at the time. We're like, we're brothers. We should hang out. Pretty, we pretty much did. I didn't have any other options. I was like, I guess, I guess I'm gonna, I you know, I'm do gonna something with you. Do something together, <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, after after college, as an international student, you only get a few options, right? You could go work corporate and uh, get sponsored by some companies. Because of the timing of our graduation, that was not an option. So we're like, well, what is the other option other than getting married? Is we can build a business together, right? And uh, so that's what we did. That's how we started. I ended up getting married. Fonz is still single, ladies. Um, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, and that's how the business started. And then we were trying to decide the name. We're like, um, how are we gonna be called? And we're like, brothers that do business. We should be called Biz Bros. And uh, nobody believed us at, at the beginning. Uh, now yeah. it's catching up a little bit, which is good. Yeah, it, it is catching Five up. Five years later, it's slowly but sure. Yeah. Five years later. Five years later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so, you know, my brother mentioned that we never wanted the corporate life, right? And that goes back all the way to Venezuela, where we usually get to do an internship on our very last trimester of high school. And I was like, okay, I know all I want to do is be a soccer player. That's all I want to do. So let me be as lazy <laughs> as I can and find an internship where I don't need to go to an office, right? So I found this internship where my job literally was <laughs> to water plants. I was at this greenhouse and all I got to do was water plants and they had a bunch of mangoes on the ground and the rest of the day I would spend <laughs> eating mangoes. It was a nonprofit. Like two days out of that full month that I did interviews, I had to go to an office and those two days were extremely miserable for me, right? I was literally just looking at so the World Cup was going on at that time. So I was like in the computer trying to find the stream of the soccer games going on. So fast forward to the United States. And when I'm here and my identity crashed, right? When they told me the coach came and he's like, Luis, we're not going to offer you a contract. I was like, wow, this is the end. This is the end of the soccer journey. And I remember I went back home and I sat down, I was eating breakfast and my girlfriend at the time, she comes. And as soon as we make eye contact, I just start crying. And the reason was because that's when I realized this is over for me. Like the dream that, I be, that I've been chasing all my life is yeah. gone. That was my identity of the moment. It just crashed. So what am I going to do now? Right. And I remember, well, I don't want to go to corporate and I don't see any mangoes laying around. 
So it's not like I can go water some plants and eat mangoes. <laughs> so what am I going to do next? Right. And that's, that's kind of like my start of a self-discovery journey of who is Fonsi, right? Who, who am I? What am I? What, what do I want to do? I'm still in that journey. I think that's a ongoing, uh, yeah, ongoing journey for, for the rest of your life. Right. But part of that was, okay, let's start something for, for ourselves, right? Let's, let's try to figure out what we're good at. Let's start a business. Let's, let's make mistakes, right? Yeah, yeah. The mindset was not that when we started. The mindset was literally, how can we make money fast, right? Like we did have a, a greedy mindset when we started and we actually referred to this in the previous episodes, but um, we heard it in a conversation that greed, that, that need for money, it is actually kind of like an ignition, an igniter, for a lot of entrepreneurs, right? And once you find yourself in the journey, then it starts evolving and you start finding that, that purpose, right? This is all things that we discover, obviously. Along the way. Along yeah. the way, very far <laughs> along the way. But yeah, that is the mango story. I still haven't found any mangoes five years <laughs> later, you know, maybe one or twice a year at the grocery store, but they're not as good, so. <laughs> store so now all of a sudden all the listeners are going to start sending you mangoes just hide your address oh yes please go ahead <laughs> absolutely delicious <laughs> so both of you mentioned something that i know really hits home for me and hits home for my listeners as well and that's the idea of this identity crisis and i don't think that there is a single way to pick yourself up from this identity crisis so i'm interested to know for each of you how were you able to what were your first steps in kind of moving past that point Man. Yeah. Um, so I think the identity crisis for both of us came at different times, right? Like for me, um, I, and I think it came at the highest of the soccer episode, right? Fonsi was coming out of six months of playing professionally here in the States. For me, it was after spending two years in Europe playing for a few clubs up there, which is kind of like the, the main place to play, right? Uh, I was very, very close to the dream, right? And for me, it came after a moment of frustration, uh, with coaches, with injuries, like a lot of stuff going on, expectations from, from my dad, a bunch of stuff, right? And so when I came to the States, I used the sport as a vehicle to come to the United States. But already my mind was like, what can I do next, right? So the soccer was still present because I still had to play for a year. So for me to be eligible to, to go to school here in the States, but it was more a way of leaving Venezuela because the political situation was really... Uh, scary. So I, I had the, the pleasure to try a lot of stuff through college as far as like jobs. Uh, I like I, I will have the most unconventional jobs. I was like a, a coordinator on a high ropes course. So people will hang out uh, 40, 40 feet, 25 feet off the air in harnesses and we were doing team building activities. So for me, like was, that was the type of job I was looking for uh, in search of the next thing. Right. And, and uh, I will always think, I need to find the next thing. I need, I need to find that my one thing. And then if I didn't like it, I will move on. And then when we first started the entrepreneurial journey together, uh, we started with stickers. We started creating vinyl stickers, like cutting stickers, uh, screen printing, t-shirts. Uh, so it was a matter of like trying many things and then see what we were passionate about. With the, with the screen printing t-shirts, we hated the process. We, are, we were coming from uh, working uh, at 7 p.m. at night and then we have to do the squeaky thing that everybody seems to like. Uh, until 3 a.m. in the morning. And it was a very frustrating process. Uh, we're always tired. We're like fighting against each other. Uh, and ended up being, not being a, a, the perfect relationship with the roommate that we were working at the time. But we learned that we need to enjoy the process. So for me personally, it was, uh, and it still is a journey of like, okay, let me try if I feel that's fine. We call it samples now. Uh, this is a sample. And then we move on and, and, and try to find the, the, ne the next thing, right? Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, I've, 
I don't think I've ever seen identity besides when I was playing soccer tied to what I'm doing. Yes. Right. I don't see my identity as just the content repurposing. That's who Luis is. No. Right. And, and through my story, I've realized that I'm more of an explorer. I love trying new things. I love meeting new people. Right. Like that's where I find joy. And while doing this, then I'm like, okay, what I'm doing right now, does it align with my purpose, my, my identity as a person? Absolutely. I'm meeting incredible people like you, Amber, right? And that for me is extremely rewarding. And it has become part of my new identity, which is creating relationships, building meaningful relationships, right? So again, I think it is, it is an ever evolving process because I used to be that person that thought it was never going to change. I'm like, I'm a happy kid. Uh, I like, I like to have fun. I'm going to be like this for the rest of my life. And now I look back and I'm like, wow, what a change. Yeah. Like I don't recognize the Fonzie. Like if, if Fonzie from today would have a conversation with Fonzie five years ago, I don't even know what, what would be said in there, but the difference yeah. is actually like so tangible is weird. Yeah. Right. But I love it. And before I didn't see change as a, as a way, if you want to put it that way, but today I see it as a, something exciting because now I look back and I see the change and I'm like, wow, where am I going to be in five years yeah. now, right? I, I want to keep evolving this identity that I have. Even with the conversations with people that we thought or like we consider friends or close friends, right? Like they knew you because of something, right? And then mm -hmm. you start changing and you start doing different things and then they're like, who are you? Like, yeah. why are you talking about this, right? And for us, that, that was like pretty interesting to experience because we never experienced it. We were always Luis and Luis, the, 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 the kids that play soccer, right? And then now we do this content thing and now we have a podcast and now we develop relationships and now the people that we haven't talked to in like three years, they come back and they're like, wait, do you do what? Like, it's so weird, right? Like, and, uh, and I think accepting that that's okay, right? Because sometimes we're so close to our friends, so close to like family too, right? Mm -hmm. And they expect something different. And then you're like, you, you're changing those relationships. Doesn't mean that you're wrong. Does, it just means that you're evolving and there's going to be new people in your, in your path towards becoming like that new person that, that you're becoming. And that's okay. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that because one of the hardest things when people start to make these changes in their life is the fact that the people that they love can't resonate with that. And then all of a sudden they feel like they're losing that connection. They feel like they're losing yeah. their circle of friends. Um, I love what you said, Fonzie, about meeting new people. And I feel the same way about you guys. You guys are fantastic. And any road in my life that doesn't lead me to meeting people like yourself is just not a road that I want to go down. Um, what was so strange for me though, and I want to know if you guys felt the same way was understanding how much I truly loved people. Cause I always thought that I was this introvert, right? That, and I am, but I always thought that being an introvert meant that I hated being around people. And what I've learned is that like, I love people and I love connection. I just love to be able to walk away. So did you guys have a similar moment where you were like, oh my gosh, this connection is amazing. I think Fonzie can take this one for sure. <laughs> you know, like I, I feel like- I'll, I'll add my two cents after. Yeah, but. so I feel like we've, we've both been extroverted in our life. I consider myself more of uh, ambivert actually most people in the world scientifically proven is ambivert and for those that don't know is that you have traits from extroverts and introverts and I, yeah. I found myself in places where I'm at a party and I'm like all quiet in a corner <laughs> watching people right and then some other occasions I'm like the, the one making a fuss and talking to everybody 
but I never realized the value of meeting people and having these new conversations mm -hmm. until we started actually creating content, right? Because then you start digging into people's mindset, right? Like I feel like all the conversations that I had previously were very top of the surface, right? That you, you didn't dig deeper and you, I, I wasn't looking to learn from other people. And you can learn something from anyone. It doesn't matter who they are or where they are in their life. And when I think when I recognized that, I was like, wow, like every conversation that I have, I have, uh, you know, the opportunity to learn something. How incredible is that? And I, I love learning. That is like one of my favorite things to do, just literally sit here and like consume information and go to books and read. But now I can do it with someone, right? We can share yeah. opinions, whether they resonate with each other or they challenge each other. How exciting is that? So I think that has been definitely an eye-opening mm -hmm. for me. And again, it doesn't take an extrovert or an introvert to be able to do that, right? Like you can operate in your, in your comfort zone. Um, I, I, I feel most people, and I actually read this in a book, it's called The Courage to be Disliked. Most people use the... And I'm going to trauma. I'm here doing air quotes. Most, most people use trauma as an excuse to not do what they want, right? Most people say trauma defines their personality. But in reality, if you don't want to talk to a person, then you're using that trauma, again, air quotes, to not talk to that person. So it, it takes a, a good look at the mirror and, and say to yourself, do I really want to build these relationships, right? Do I really yeah. want to learn from other people? And then it just takes action. Just go and do it. Absolutely. You, I love you, that. You're going to add two you cents. my two cents? Okay, my two cents are, <laughs> so, you know, uh, the reason I let like kind of Fonzi or I, I ask him to, to go first is because, you know, out of the two, I feel like I am probably the most extrovert. Like yeah. if we go to a new environment, I'm normally the first one out there. I think Fonzi is getting a lot, a lot better at it after publishing, but like he was always kind of like, hey, you go first, like you talk, you, and then after the conversation is going, then we couldn't let, like he couldn't stop talking, <laughs> right? So when we started this journey of like publishing or putting our, our, our thoughts into words, right? Uh, to me, that process operationally was not as challenging because of that trait. What was challenging was the fact that now the, the right reason to develop the relationship because at the, at the very beginning, we're trying to communicate and it was based of, out of need, right? Like we were like, we started the business, uh, you know, I have this other job. I really want my business to do good. Uh, so like I, I was trying to frame all the conversations and it was like, Celsi, like it was like, ah, oh, I'm trying to convince you. Like I, I want a transaction out of this. So I, I connected those two. And then it wasn't until we make, we completely unplug those two and be like, okay, you know, let's operate from a place of abundance, right? Let we, you know, operating from a place of need is probably not the best place yep. to operate from and then let's tackle these relationships as value right how can i provide value to you Amber? how can i how can we utilize our platform to provide value to you and then as soon as we started those conversations it was incredible because then on the back end we could have we could develop the relationship if we had similar tastes if we have similar uh you know businesses like how can we help each other right name it, call it referrals call it relationship call it like a sale call it being a client like it doesn't it doesn't really matter but how can we do that so i was approaching their relationships from a transactional point of view right now with the platform is all about how can I, how can we serve you to the, to the highest level and then go there. So that was like probably my big shift once we were comfortable, you know, being out there and publishing and, and being us, ourselves. 
that's so awesome. good to send. Good to, to send. send. I, I feel yeah, like that was more like cents were bucks. worth it. Okay, well, thank you. <laughs> they were worth like five cents, just yes. in case you were curious. Let's go. Um, one Mongo of the things worth. that you said that I really want to hit on is the right reason to create the relationship. So I want to take this into the content world for just a minute because you guys spend your time helping people get their messages out. You spend their time helping people create content that gets the message that they want to get across. And when you aren't approaching relationships for the right reason, then that content content comes off as inauthentic and um, kind of that sleazy car salesman vibe, right? So how do you guys in your um, business help people understand how to get across the message of the right reason for a relationship? Yeah, that is, that is actually a very good question, right? Uh, the way I see it, and I relate it back to myself, and I'm going to be honest, right? When we decided content is what we were going to do, I didn't believe in it at first, right? I mean, I believed in content being the vehicle to grow your business, but I didn't actually believe in myself doing it. Again, I, I wasn't identifying myself with the business and I still don't, but now I believe in the benefits of it, right? In, in what you can gain from all this because now I have experience in myself because I put myself in front of the camera. Fun fact, before you continue, when we decided to do content, right? Like this was, a, this was an actual meeting that we had where we sat down and we kind of uh, put on a whiteboard all the processes that we were doing as an agency, well, as, a, as freelancers at the yep. time. And it was like seven different things, right? And we we're like, okay, what is people asking from us? And everybody keep going to content. And my brother was like, no, man, like I don't want to do content. Like, yep. I, I don't, I don't identify with that, but, and, and then my marketer mine and like my business, I'm like, well, everybody like, let's listen to the audience. That's what they're asking. Right. Like, let's go there. And, uh, and that was an actual discussion that we had. Right. And, and it was, it was a challenging because that was like the, the day that we decided, okay, we're going to niche down in one thing, but we got to be a hundred percent in. So that's where that conversation is coming from. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and one of the biggest barriers mm -hmm. was because I, I don't feel our message was ever salesy and convincing, but I think the lack of confidence in front of the camera, right? And the lack of being willing to open up yourself and show up vulnerable and authentic, right? Amber, you know all about it. We actually talked about, <laughs> about that in our podcast. Yeah. I think that the fear of showing yourself in that way mm. stopped people from actually doing it, right? And in my personal case, I had a bunch of cameras because we did videography for a while. And I wanted the content to be perfect. But guess what? I just realized not too long ago that me wanting to, for the content to be perfect was just an excuse I was putting in front of me because I was afraid of showing who I was in front of the camera, right? Yeah. So when you see people that are like that, I feel like a lot of the times it's because they haven't accepted the fact that they need to open up, be vulnerable, be honest with whoever they're talking and, and, and try to provide value instead of saying, how can I make this piece of content for me to benefit me? No. How can I make this piece of content to benefit the person that is watching? And that just reminded me, we actually had a conversation with Pablo that you, you, I think you know him. And we asked him, Pablo, what do you think is the perfect content? What is the definition of perfect content? And he gave us the best definition we've ever heard. He said, you think, I think perfect content is that piece of content that benefits everyone that is involved. It benefits you, right? It benefits you, Amber. It benefits the audience that is listening. And it benefits us that we are speaking it. And we're like, wow, that is amazing. Because most of the time, a lot of people think the perfect piece of content is the one that goes viral, 
Pardo is the one that converts the best and makes you the most money. But guess what? If you approach it from the relationship standpoint, is the one that provides a win for everybody involved. Yeah. And talking on the viral standpoint, like I, if we're looking at business, like let's take this idea of content and move it into this idea of business and, and monetizing. Um, yeah. If, if I could have one, $1 million client or, you know, 200, you know, $10,000 clients, like, you know, I'm awful at math, so I don't know if that adds up, but you get the point, right? Yes. So like you have this, complete opportunity to build a business in this realm. But if you're focusing on getting that high, like $1 million client or that viral video, then you miss out on all the opportunities to impact the people that you're supposed to impact down here. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And, uh, you know, we, we tackled it also from the angle of like, who do we really want to work with? Right. Because like through the first like three years, like, Oh, that was like such a pain. There's like, like, we will say yes to every opportunity and that will create friction, not only on the process, but ourselves. And then with the client, because the message was not, not clear. Um, so, and, and this is talking on a service side of things, right? Like there's other stuff. If you sell products, that's a little bit different, but uh, that's what we're offering a service. So we had to be very clear, like who is the person that really want to work, like who we really want to work with that, you know, we could go out and drink a beer and have fun and, and just like, just have a blast. Right. And, and the, for the first three and four years of the business, it wasn't like that with everybody. So we, we had that design and there's like, okay, where do we find them? Right. And then how do we, how do we develop a relationship with them? For us it's through our show is through our platform because our clients are there. Right. Uh, but at the same time, I'm, I'm going to give you another example. Um, one of the coaches that we're helping, he's in Colombia, right? And, and he never, ever, uh, he saw content as a, for the audience, right? Like, I'm going to create, like, I need to create this amazing piece of content. He sees, like, all the other coaches in the States, right? And he's like, I need that. I need that quality, the quantity, the consistency, the frequency, right? All stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But the budget is not even there. Right. These guys, like these coaches and people that we see up there, like 30, 30 grand a month they're spending in their content teams, right? So he comes to us and he's like, guys, and I'm going to be fully transparent here. He's an older brother, right? Yep. He, his name is Mario. It's not Luis. <laughs> uh, and he lives in Bogota. And he was in corporate world, like from different countries. You know, he was in Venezuela, Peru, and now he's in Colombia. He was in Ecuador too. And he has this message inside his chest. And he's like, I want to share it with the world. And I'm like, can I be on your show? And we're like, you, you speak English. <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm like, you cannot be on the show, right? <laughs> so, and he's like, but I want to be part of the Beast Bros. I'm like, okay, sweet. Uh, here's that. So we're like, hey, help us sell our services in South America, right? Like we speak Spanish we can also provide the service to, to the Hispanic market. And uh, he's like, sweet. So then he starts trying to have these salesy conversations with people. And we're like, that's not the way that we do it, man. Like, here, come back in. And he's like, teach me everything. I'm like, we've been learning for five years. It's going to take a lot of time. <laughs> so we told him, here's your tryout. Do a 45 light, which was the internal challenge that we did together to start publishing consistently and find our voice and share stories and be vulnerable, right? And, uh, and he's like, sweet, 45 days, man, what am I going to be talking about? Right. And he's like, okay, here's a simple framework. Share a story of what happened that day, connect it with what you want to teach or your message, what you feel inside, and then do a call to action to communicate with you, develop a relationship. Right. So he started doing that. The first seven days he was like, well, the first day he's like, I don't know, man, three minutes is going to be a lot. Well, his first video was 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're just going to leave it there. And then the, seven, the, the next seven days, he, he found himself uh, talking about one specific message, like three different like specific pillars of like 
content, like topics, right? So we asked him, like, what do you talk about? And he's like, I talk about family. I talk about faith. I talk about this, right? We're like, sweet. Those are your pillars. Now you can communicate. Now the audience can identify with your message. So that's what he did. And he continued to develop this. And, uh, and then he completed the 45 Live. He sold something, which was awesome, which was a solution to a problem. And then he's like, I'm ready. Let me start with podcasts. <laughs> I'm like, sweet. So we'll help you produce it, but like, we're going to do just audio and whatever, like, we're just going to do this. Mm -hmm. And in his mind, he's like, man, I need a website. I need a, a landing page. I need friction, friction, friction. Right. And we're like, no, you don't need any of that. By the way, if you guys go to bizbro.co right now, it's a sales letter that we wrote about four years ago. And uh, we don't sell through that, like zero, but we still have a business. Right. So we're like, you don't need that. And he's like, no, I do need it. I'm like, ah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like my audience is not listening i'm like develop relationships right so he finally after like episode 40 he brings this lady in they have an amazing conversation uh, and then after the show he's like by the way this is what i do right for a living i coach and she's like oh my god this is wonderful a week later she calls him back and she's like hey mario i i, I really enjoy the interview that i had with you uh, my company is actually, we have 200 sales guys that they sell credits, like to, to, to like uh, students or, you know, in Colombia, right? credits, not a very fun thing to sell, but we want somebody to come in and, and help them coach you. So like, how much do you charge? Because like, I, I, I'm afraid that I cannot afford you. So he built trust, he built rapport, he built like, just by the fact that he had a, that he had a platform and he was publishing consistently for about 40 episodes. And he's like, I want this to be a long-term uh, relationship. Why don't you come back with a budget for me? Well, he thought he was going to get, you know, one month worth of, you know, salary in Colombia. They paid him two and a half months worth of, wow. of, and it was because he was able to develop that relationship. He had trust, he had rapport, he had a platform. And, that, and then the relationship is better than ever. They deliver in three days, the coaching program. And now he's able to say, hey, I impacted 200 people, right? So that is the power of these relationships through this medium that, that we can all uh, do. Yeah. Wow. And, and I think people too miss the point of creating content because one aspect that I know for sure it was never talked about when at least I was consuming content is what it does to you as a person, right? Yes. And it just helps you find your message, right? Because Again, my brother said, putting thoughts into words, like something magical there happens and you start listening to yourself and you're like, wow, do I really believe these things that I'm talking about, right? Am I expressing them the, in, the, in the right way, the way I really want to communicate them to others? Yeah. And it just starts making you question some things and ask some, some questions that maybe you wouldn't ask in the first place. And we often say, you are about to find your message, but you cannot find it alone. You need feedback from people. You need to have those conversations. So it is very powerful to put yourself in front of the camera and just talk. It is so much. And it's so interesting because so many times we create these problems that we have in our life. And then we have these solutions that are so ridiculous until you say them out loud. So when you talk like that, what you're saying is, I don't know what my message is, so I'm not going to say anything and hope I find it without talking. Which okay. like when you say it outside, you're like, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Like when that's in my outside voice, that makes zero sense. Yet it's people like, do it like all the time. It's like you said on your intro, I'm going to be happy when, right? Like, yeah, I'm going to be happy when I publish. Well, you got to start today, right? Like, yeah. how do you start to publish? Like, remove the friction, right? Yeah, be happy now. Be happy now publishing. And see what happens, right? <laughs> and start enjoying it. 
Yeah, I love it. And you guys actually naturally took this conversation to where I wanted to go next, which makes me think you're in my head, which is a little scary because it's a dangerous place to be. But um, one of the biggest pieces of advice that I was given when I started my podcast is if you are not ashamed of your first episode, you waited too long to do your podcast. And this idea of being awful. So when people look at you and they say, I'm going to be horrible. Like, I'm afraid I'm going to be horrible on my first episode. Is your response basically like, yeah, you are, let's get it over with and then move on. Or like, how do you deal with that? That's good. Yeah, that, that's a great <laughs> question. You know, personally, I think I was more afraid of what other people think about. Mm -hmm. it. I was like, Oh, what are my friends going to say? Right. When they see me in front of the camera, they're going to judge me or they're going to make fun of me. Yeah. Is what? None of them make fun of me. So I, I discovered I had awesome friends. They were like, well, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Some of them didn't even watch it. I'm like, oh, it's all good. You know, better, less people watching it is better. <laughs> but a lot of people too, I feel they just go into those emotions with, without actually having live the thing in the moment. Right. Yeah. So, we psych yourself out of it. We're like, oh, it's going to be horrible. You don't know because you haven't tried it. Have you ever been in front of the camera and talked and, and share your message? If no, how do you know it's going to be horrible? If you keep telling yourself that it's going to be horrible, of course it's going to be horrible. There's not going to be no other option, right? So instead yeah. say, you know what? It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. And then put yourself in, in front of the camera. If you made mistakes, at least you're going to be primed to enjoy the moment. And yeah. it, it, don't get me wrong. It took personally, it took me a while to be comfortable to turn on the camera and just start talking. It's not like it happened from, from day one, right. And our, our videos, they or the first 45 live that we did. It was, it was pretty bad. Actually, it was about a year ago right now. Facebook is like bringing back the memories and I'm like, <laughs> Awesome. Oh, Thank you, that. Facebook. Fonzie's uh, accent is very thick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think it's also a matter of perspective, right? Like sometimes mm -hmm. we try to compare our stuff, right? By executing like that we've been executing for like a week to somebody that has been doing that craft for 10 years, right? Yep. So, so we have to bring it down and be like, okay, I understand what my message is. I understand what my consistency is. I understand what my capacity to execute that. Well, what are my resources? Is my resources a $30,000 team or is my resource... Uh, a, a webcam with with a plug-in mic, right? So, at the end of the day, like we were chatting, you know, on the on the on the call with Chris Dodge, like quality of the message over quality of the production, right? So, what do we tell people? It's like execute, right? Grab the positives, and it's like every every single sport, you gotta put in the reps, you gotta you gotta practice. Now, for us. A great way that we started was with the 45, like, like the podcast. Mm -hmm. Again, if you listen to the, I think we're like plus uh, almost 120 episodes. But if you go to the first one, it's probably going to suck. We, I actually haven't heard it since it came out. So that would be a great exercise. Yeah. But as you do it more like consistently and repeatedly, it's going to happen. And then get what, guess what? You're going to get better. You're going to enjoy it. And if you're enjoying the process, if you're enjoying connecting with people like Amber, uh, absolutely. I'm going to do more of it, right? Yeah. The, the, only, the only way to get better is by doing it. And I found myself actually repeating this quote a lot. It's from Tom Bilyeu, but he says, I prefer to move 100 miles per hour in the wrong direction then stand still. And when you're not publishing, when you're not putting yourself out there and you're having all these doubts and you're letting them consume you, you're standing still. But guess what? Just publish. If it goes wrong, it's a lesson that you're learning. And whether you move in the wrong direction, now you can pick up from there. And it's like you're actually starting with an advantage next time because now you know, oh, look at that. Look at what I learned. Okay, I won't repeat that mistake. And now you start and start going in the right direction. 
Yeah, I love it. So I want to ask you guys a question. I'm going to tell a story really quickly, like on what you're talking about. So I, one of my favorite episodes ever is my episode five, and it's a rundown of Brene Brown and all of the things from her podcast that I love. And it's horrible. And so like, God, I think it was probably episode 40 or 50. I decided, okay, I'm going to re-record this episode five because it was my favorite and now I'm better. So I'm going to go do this later on down the road and nobody listens to it. Like it's better quality, it's better audio and people still listen to that episode five. And so what this brings is this question about the authenticity of underproduced content. And so I want to ask you, do you think that there is an overproduction limit where you actually lose your audience, where you actually take yourself out of the realm of the client you're trying to attract and your message and your production don't match. Oh, that's so, such a good question. Yeah. I think it's the first time we actually get this question. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we've actually mm. given some, some thought to this question. The first answer that comes to mind is, I think there's a place for everything, right? I mean, we preach all the time, quality of the message over quality of the production, right? And then that will lead for you to better your production. But it's not the same us talking about, you know, our personal life and the growth that we've experienced from our cell phone than from a super nicely produced studio. The nicely produced studio is probably better for value content where I can teach something, that I can grab the whiteboard right here, right, and do a class. But if I, I feel like underproduced content is better for authentic in the moment thoughts that you're having and feelings that you want to share with people. Yeah. And, and honestly, like I want to bring light to the term underproduced, right? Like I, I think as in is produced, right? Like you got to get yeah. it out, right? So what's overproduced? Like it, that's all relative to the person that's watching that video, right? Because for some people that like, they might get the latest iPhone, right? And the selfie camera is better than a DSLR that for five years ago, right? So that could be overproduced over that other footage, right? So, so that's, uh, and again, it's what is the audience that you're trying to talk to? Like, for example, for if we go back and do, let's say a season three or 45 live, is probably to the audience that has been tuning into the show and they're at a starting point. So for us, that's the vehicle that we're going to talk to. For the show, it has been evolving over time. I first started as in just us talking for like the first 20 episodes and it was like legit the cell phone. And we were lucky, like we were blessed to have, uh, have invested in the equipment already. So the audio is good, but the camera was the cell phone, right? Like it wasn't yeah. until like episode 90 that our video guy was like, dude, guys, please, please invest in a webcam, right? Uh, and then <laughs> we did it, right? And, uh, and it has evolved before we were in a corner like over there. Now we have like a stand up desk because we find out that, you know, for us, it works better standing up and the energy and so on. Uh, it comes with time. Right. And as we tackle, uh, as we tackle new audiences and new guests and new relationships that we want to develop, maybe that's the standard. But at the same time, what you said is that that real raw and I don't want to say underproduced because it is just produced. Right. Uh, that raw video that you might just share like at night that you're super tired. And I'm like, man, like this just happened with my client. Like, this is very frustrating. This is how I'm thinking about it. Let me get it out. Like, what do you guys think? Right? Like that's very real, very, very raw. And it connects way more maybe that, 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 you know, produce with different environment uh, show that, that I might have, right. It's more personal. 
I love it. I love the answer so much. So let me do this because we are wrapping up to the end of our time, which makes me so sad. I feel like we're going to have like Luis and Luis seasons on the More Than Booker oh, podcast. But um, you guys are wearing these fantastic, almost matching shirts that say, oh. let us tell your story. How can people find out more about how to let you tell them their story? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Fun fact, we actually <laughs> made these t-shirts ourselves, right? What? Yeah, so when we had the, the t-shirt the t-shirt printing company, yeah. before we sold the machine, we were like, do we need to make ourselves some nice t-shirts? So this was like three years ago. And we bought seven different colors, one for each day of the week. And we have been branded with these shirts for like the last three years. I mean, now you know why my ex left me. She's like, Man, I actually don't clothes. see the problem here. <laughs> Thank you, Amber. Yeah. That's the same thing I was saying. To, to me, it's a reminder of enjoying the process, right? That's a lesson yeah. that we learned through that experience because yeah. we did not enjoy the squeegee thing at 90 degrees in Florida garage with an oven, like oven next, next to you, like warming shirt. So, yeah. But to answer your answer question, question, yeah, wow, uh, people, you rumble there. People can find us at Content Is Profit, either the podcast or you can go to the website contentisprofit.com. We have a little press in there for people and any social media at Biz Bros Co. So B I Z B R O S C O, and you can slide in the DMs. We love talking to people. We love having conversations. And any question you may have, we would love to to help you find the answer. I love it. So this is that moment where sliding in someone's DM, DMs is actually a good thing. So go do that to like a bunch, <laughs> like in a non-creepy, not wow. under your bed kind of way. Exactly. So, uh, <laughs> before we wrap up, I do have to ask a couple of questions because this is the More Than Corporate podcast. And I ask every single one of my, question, my guests this question, what does success mean to each one of you? How do you define success individually for yourselves? It's awesome. Uh, that is a question I've been exploring lately a lot, right? Yeah. I do want that freedom. Of course, I do want to have the freedom of doing whatever I want with whoever I want, whenever I want. Right. But at the same time, right now, I think my personal success means living in the now and being happy with who I am and not stressing of who I am going to be. Cause sometimes we just live in a different day, either in the future or in the mm -hmm. past. Mm -hmm. And I want to be present and be happy with who I am right now. So for me, success is being present and while chasing that freedom, right? Yeah. To, I to me, it. I feel as, as he was speaking, which I, I'm going to have to re-listen this because I didn't pay attention because uh, <laughs> I, I was trying to think of my own answer. Uh, I, I think it's like staying on momentum, right? Like I, I feel like when I'm, 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 I'm stopped where like I don't feel like either my life or the business is moving forward for whatever reason, I, I, I feel like I, I'm not myself, right? And, and that's more on like, okay, on the back end, how can I set up the systems and set up my life to where I feel like there's momentum. I, I'm growing as a person. I'm always improving. I'm always in that constant, you know, sample learning, executing sample learning executing uh to me like that's how i really feel very happy right like my, my wife sometimes like tells me like man like you have to go to work at 6 a.m i'm like oh i get to go to work like i i enjoy i really enjoy what i do i really enjoy being a camera connecting with people right like um uh, so developing the team and stuff like that so 
doing what we actually like, which is what we do now, but moving, constantly getting that momentum going. I love it. All right. And normally I wrap up my show with a quick random round, but we are running short on time. So I'm going to take a shortened version of that and do a random round. Are you guys okay with that? Yes. Yes. I'm going to put this disclaimer in there. We are terrible at lightning rounds and I get sweaty and nervous. Okay, let's go. (laughs) Talk for yourself, man. I'm really good at this. Let's do it. (laughs) If you guys could time travel, where would you go and why? Oh man, you see, you're not that good. You go first because you're that good. I, I want to go to where dinosaurs were alive. I, I have like this weird Jurassic Park, uh, Jurassic Park like fantasy going on. Okay. I don't know. I, I always env- envision myself in like the medieval era, but at the same time, I know that would be horrible because like, like health was terrible. There were wars all the time. But I just love that time period. Love it. Um, Fonzie, you mentioned a book, um, Dare to, or The Courage to be Disliked. Um, I love that you've mentioned that book a couple of times. If you guys have a resource, book, podcast, or otherwise, that you think is important for people on their entrepreneurial journey, what do you think that would be? Yeah, that's a, a, I, I, I love reading. Um, there's one called Barking at the Wrong Tree, which has a lot of lessons. It's by a guy called Alex Barker. It's a really great, easy to read book. Um, I love The Courage to Be Disliked. That has been one of my favorite these years just because it has spoken to me. And then there's another one called The Ruthless Act, uh, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, if I'm not mistaken. And is by a pastor. Actually, it's written by a pastor, but it just makes you think about mm. the hustle culture and how you're living your life, right? And it, it really makes you say, okay, I got to slow things down and just like live in the moment. So those three yeah. books are really good. Love it. Now I got to say three. No, okay. you, you can say one. No, I, I think <laughs> he's just an overachiever. Up. He's trying to make up for being sweaty. <laughs> I know. He's like, he's trying to campaign for pick up bro stuff. Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, barking up the wrong tree. I think it was like really meaningful to me. Like it's like Fonzie said, it's very easy to read. I, I struggle with reading. That's why I do audiobooks. Uh, but the stories there are incredible and uh, you can relate them with like any kind of business. Um, hold on. He's like ready player one. <laughs> I, I, my mind went there. Like I, I like, so I've been like listening fiction while I walk the dogs at night okay. just to connect. And so ready player one and ready player two have been great. Like I just yep. finished them. Uh, I, I will say this, like reading fiction actually at night, it's amazing. Like you can learn a lot of lessons from fiction books, not just from self-help and, and business books. Yeah. And uh, if we want another business book, Good to Great is the one that I'm currently so listening to. It's so good. So good. Uh, I wish they will do like an updated with like companies from today uh, yeah. version, but uh, it's, it's amazing. It's really good. Awesome. And then my last question, and this is part, this is completely selfish. Um, what's your pump up song? What do you listen to that you just can't oh, have a bad day? Uh, can we play it? Yes. No, that, that's not mine, but okay, go ahead. That's one of them. So that, that would be, that would be like the, the podcast pump up song, right? Okay. But wait, wait, because okay, I, yeah. I do have a, a, a little bit of a story in this. I promise I'm going to make it super fast. But, you know, we grew up playing soccer. And there was a time when my brother left to go play in Italy that I was playing soccer at the school and some kids were, like, comparing me to him, right? And I, like, I'll feel down with myself. 
And I found, I love cartoons. I love like Japanese anime. I'm a nerd. And I found this cartoon that literally the storyline was the older brother played soccer and went to play in Italy <laughs> and they were making fun of the main the character. And I was like, yeah. <gasps> I just saw myself so related to that. So the theme song of that cartoon pumps me up like nothing else. I listen to it before every soccer game. I have it in my phone. I listen to it. it I don't know what they're saying in the song because it's in Japanese. Yeah. But every time I hear it, like it brings these emotions and it just gets me, you know? Yeah, le yeah lately we, we, like before the show, we normally put some music in the headphones uh, uh, and get on with it. Uh, we've been listening to uh, two friends. They're, they're a pair of DJs. They're fun. And they have these amazing mashups. They're like an hour long and they do like old school, like EDM. And it, it, it has been really amazing. They have also a show that they do on SoundCloud and we've yeah. become really big fans of them. We'll, we'll send you Love those. It. We'll send you the links, yeah. Love Love it. Well, we're going to wrap up because again, we could do seasons with you guys and still not know all of the amazingness that you guys have to share with us. And maybe we will. Um, but thank you so much for coming on. I love connecting with you guys. Every conversation we have is fantastic. And I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Amber. Thank you. Amber. It was a pleasure being here. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the show. I hope that something that was said resonated with you or provided value to you in one way or another. I'd love to hear more about your thoughts on the show. You can reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram at Amber Furman. Also, I've created a Facebook community for followers of the show to interact with me and other members of the community. You can find that on Facebook at More Than Corporate. So go ahead and join that group if you'd like to stay up to date on podcast happenings and meet some really cool people. Again, thanks so much for tuning in.